Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, Ken. Did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. When it comes to a thriving career, everyone could use a little support, especially when it comes to transitions. At LHH, we help every step of the way. We're committed to personalized support, insights, and resources that lead to more job opportunities than ever before. No matter what role a professional has in your organization, our services offer an experience that fits each person individually. And for organizations, LHH provides consultant support and guidance through the entire outplacement or career transition process, understanding the sensitivity and impact on your team. The world is full of new possibilities, and we help both organizations and individuals realize the possibility of what's next. It's outplacement reimagined. Visit LHHtalent.com. That's LHHtalent.com to get in touch with an outplacement consultant today because everyone and every organization could use a little support, especially when it comes to transitions. LHH, helping you every step of the way. Visit LHHtalent.com. justice system into the direction of the 21st century. His special directives that he's enacted has given criminals kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card. We need to use science and data in order to address public safety of violent crime. Uh, his data and science is completely flawed. Nobody's safe in Los Angeles because of district attorney gapped on. You will see that not only have I enhanced public safety. Don't get that name on my face. That's a champ right there. I am absolutely outraged at the lies that Mr. Gascon is 
just feeling. He has no business implementing laws of his own personal choice, which we voted against. We've done so in a way that is much more both physically and socially responsible. Not only is he breaking the law, but he is not doing what he is supposed to do as a district attorney, and that is protect his victim. He is in the wrong office. He should have been a public defender. He's voted in. He can be voted out. Blue. Celebrating us going home on this Gaskin direct. Crime is at a historic low in this nation, it's a historic lows in the state. That's a bunch of baloney to me. And now, for an update on the recall of L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon, here's John and Ken. John Cobalt, Ken Shampo, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, recalldagegeorgegascon.com is the website. If you're an L.A. County registered voter, you can sign the petition. We both did. You can do it, of course, uh, by downloading it from that website, or you can show up day after tomorrow, Saturday, April 30th, at all city halls in L.A. County between 11 and 2. They're going to have people there with the petitions. Now, it was not surprising to us, although it was overwhelming. Uh, about 83% of uh, L.A. County deputy district attorneys who participated in a recent poll voted to support the recall against George Gascon. Nearly 98% of that 83% that voted supported the recall. I think I said that wrong. 83% of all the prosecutors voted. 98% of that 83% support the recall of George Gascon. So it's not surprising that stories like this end up in the news. We're going to talk to attorney Greg Smith, who's representing four more prosecutors who are suing L.A. County, alleging they were demoted because they opposed uh, some of the directives of George Gascon. Their names are Peter Cagney, Richard Todd Hicks, Mindy Page, and Karen Thorpe. And uh, let's get Greg on the line here to talk about the case. Greg, thanks for coming on with us again. Absolutely. All right, so we have four prosecutors saying they got retaliated against, demoted, uh, they want damages. They said they opposed the resentencing guidelines uh, of Gascon. Can you flesh out this story? Exactly what did he demand of them and what did they do? Well, in general terms, what he was demanding was that they uh, not oppose resentencing. So there are um, statutes uh, that require district attorneys to provide uh, background information to the judges so that they can know if they're going to let somebody out and resentence them, whether or not they're going to be a danger to the community. And this is one of the things that he stopped these DAs from doing. What kinds of cases were they? Can you tell us any details? What kinds of resentencing attempts yeah. were they? Yeah, sure. I mean, one of them is a guy I call James. Well, I don't call him. His name is James Sulky. He was a Nazi, um, and uh, he was in prison, and, and during his time in prison, he refused to renounce his gang status as a white supremacist. Um, he was charged with two counts of attempted murder of a police officer. He had five prior strikes against him for armed robbery, multiple residential burglary, high-speed weapon. So it, can you hang on? We've got yeah, a we got a bad line a here. Connection on the cell there. And uh, Ray, again, maybe you, if you Greg could Smith. also maybe uh, get him off a speakerphone if he's on that, so we can just get a clearer. Uh, yeah, clearer he was line. just starting to explain to us some of the cases involved. He's representing four deputy DAs who have sued George Gascon for retaliation 
because they opposed his resentencing guidelines. And resentencing is something that Gascon's big on. He likes to say, oh, that's too much prison time. We've got to find a way to reduce it. Even, and, a, uh, even a Nazi? That's what Greg was explaining, a Nazi with attempted murder. <laughs> Boy, when Gascon has a blanket policy, it's a blanket policy, isn't it? Even, yeah, uh, you would even, think it, that woke people wouldn't be reaching towards the Nazis. And <laughs> even the Nazi, Nazi uh, gets a break on the sentencing, huh? Uh, the, uh, the, they, they thought that Gascon's resentencing guidelines were unlawful, that they broke the law, and that these inmates posed a serious and dangerous risk to society uh, if they were released from prison. And Gascon's entire policy was to get them out as soon as they can. Now, here's one of the examples. Uh, Peter Cagney is one of the uh, people that uh, Greg represents. Uh, he was head deputy of the Pomona branch of the DA's office until September 7th, and he got reassigned to auto insurance fraud. But I guess that doesn't make him very happy when you're head deputy of the Pomona branch and suddenly now you're in charge of auto insurance fraud. All right, we got uh, Greg back here. Greg. Oh, sorry about that. No, no, that's okay. Um, All right. So, I mean, uh, Ken was just going through an example of one of the uh, demotions, uh, yeah. demotions here. You go from head deputy of uh, the Pomona branch to uh, auto insurance fraud. Right, right. Well, that's, I mean, that's a pretty common practice in that office. I, I don't know where I dropped off with you. Did you did you hear about James Sulky? No, uh, you told us that he was an inmate Nazi gang member, and I guess he was in for attempted murder. Yeah, go through, go through yeah, the rest of it. Yes. So um, he, he had five strikes. I mean, he's a, he's a real bad guy. And uh, he was serving a, uh, I believe it was a 23-year uh, sentence. And he was seeking what's called a COVID release for COVID risk. And he had spent 15 years in prison. Now, um, his file showed all sorts of abhorrent behavior. Um, they have they carry what they call C files. The district attorneys have access to this. C files have all the information about you and what you've done, the good things and bad things in prison. And in his C files, he'd actually stabbed two separate inmates. So he was a dangerous character. And uh, Gascon's people wanted to let him be released. And uh, that's mainly the reason why. Uh, the Pomona head deputy and the Pomona assistant head deputy were transferred. Uh, they refused to follow uh, this order because they believed it was a violation of law. It was, a, it was a violation of their statutory obligation to be truthful with the court and let the court know that this particular person should not go out in the streets as he was a danger to society. So Gascon didn't want these assistant DAs to or deputy DAs to present this information to a judge. On, on just how uh, just how terrible his behavior was while in prison. Correct. They 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 couldn't give any background information. Oh, that's at crazy. all. In fact, they couldn't tell the judge that this guy had just you know had had stabbed two other inmates in prison. And if you let him out, he's a danger. Isn't that against the law to withhold that information? Well. It is, and that's why there's a whistleblower suit, because um, DAs have an obligation under the law to be truthful and to let the judge know all the facts. They can't withhold facts. All right, Greg, can you hold on? Sure. All right, we're talking to attorney Greg Smith. Uh, this is, a, once again, the George Gascon recall desk. We're at the L.A. County District Attorney. Recall DA George Gascon.com. 
This time, we're not dealing with crime victims. We're dealing with uh, four deputy DAs who have sued, and they're not the first to sue. And they claim they were retaliated against by DA George Gascon's office because they refused to uh, impose his resentencing guidelines. And we just heard about one of the cases, a really nasty, violent inmate. And apparently these uh, deputy DAs were told, well, don't tell the judge about uh, how he's still violent in prison. We want to get him out. And they wouldn't do that, so they got demoted, and that's their claim in the lawsuit. We'll find out about the other cases coming up. John and Ken, KFI. We continue with uh, attorney Greg Smith. He is representing four deputy DAs in George Gascon's office, Peter Cagney, Richard Todd Hicks, Mindy Page, and Karen Thorpe. They filed a lawsuit on Monday in L.A. Superior Court saying that Gascon wanted them to do uh, illegal acts when it came to resentencing... Uh, old inmates who were in yeah. uh, prison, and uh, they refused to and got demoted. Yeah, we just heard about one where apparently they were not supposed to tell a judge about the violent behavior of one inmate while still in prison. They didn't want the judge to know that so that they could get their resentencing, get them released. So let's get uh, Greg back on here for more. Greg, you there? You. And, and Yes, I am. And, uh, you know, it's actually, this is our eighth case, Um uh, against uh, the DA's office, we actually we have two more uh, that will probably be filed uh, early next week, uh, which will bring us up to ten. And you know we're we're getting calls all the time. How does it so, work? Is there a is there a back and forth between higher ups to Gascon and these uh, prosecutors about what they're doing? Do they argue in memos, and then are they told if you don't do this, there could be consequences? I mean, how does this work? Well, some of them do. I mean, some of them uh, have argued in memos. Some of them have talked directly with Gascon. Um, but uh, I think his chief of staff is basically the conduit between Gascon and um, the DAs, and that would be uh, Joey Iniguez. Now, uh, the prosecutors say they suffered emotional distress. Uh, they may lose earnings, overtime, their pension, and other benefits. So that, this is a civil lawsuit. But since they're alleging that Gascon is breaking the law, does Gascon ever face criminal charges in all of this? I, I don't understand how all of his lieutenants are saying, this is against the law, this is against the law, we're not participating, and yet he doesn't get charged? No, I mean, that that would be – okay, so in a whistleblower case, it, it, he's not necessarily violating the types of laws that have criminal pen penalties. Uh, the violations are business and professions codes, the ethics codes that uh, attorneys are supposed to follow, uh, things of that nature. So I, I'm unaware of any type of uh, criminal uh, or penal code section violation that would, would require – some type of a criminal charge. So I'm just not aware of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to understand because in the suit it says Gascon's policies effectively required prosecutors to unlawfully hide the truth from the courts. Which is what, yes, which is what he was having them do. They were told to unlawfully, that is, violate statutes that the statutes that define their duties, they were told to violate those statutes not to disclose this information to the courts. So, I mean, you have like Todd Hicks, who uh, was an assistant head deputy in, uh, in uh, the resentencing unit, and he was transferred to auto fraud because he was told not to disclose the C files with all the prison information to the judges, and he refused to do it. 
Um, and he refused to do it because not only is it wrong, but it's a violation of his ethical duties as an attorney to turn that information over to the judge. Now, are they told anything specifically when they're demoted? In other words, just that your their performance is not no. up to our standards? or They're not told, well, you're being demoted no. because you refuse to break the law. No, 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 nothing like that happened. And in fact, this was so shocking to, I mean, they are so demoralized over there. Um, they are just in utter distress. Uh, Mindy Page, who had been a, a uh, is also in this lawsuit, uh, you know, resigned. She just, she couldn't take it anymore. Um, they have, many of these people have spent decades in the DA's office. And um, they have very, a very strong sense of morality and uh, they have a really good ethical compass and they follow it. And uh, this has been incredibly distressing to them. And a lot of these resentencing cases, they did deal with violent inmates? Oh, yes. Yes, on quite a few of them. Uh, probably the, the vast majority of them were violent inmates. And many of them are out in the and this is go this is Gascon going out of his way to try to get a resentencing. This is Gascon going out of his way to tell the DAs in resentencing hearings, do not tell the judge that any of these people pose a risk to society. But he's initiating he, he, he's initiating the resentencing. He is initiating the resentencing in certain cases. In some cases he's not, but in certain cases he is. And he is telling his DAs you are not to oppose the resentencing. Wow. So somebody from his office is choosing these inmates that they want resentenced? It starts with that? And, and they, and, and they, uh, and there's they, a number of statutes that let them go through resentencing. So sometimes it's brought up by the inmates itself. Sometimes the, uh, the prison bureaus uh, uh, send the inmates to the DA's office. I think how it works, and again, I'm not a DA, yeah. But I think how it works is from the prison, contact the DA's office, the DIS office takes it from there. So, I mean, they have, the DA has, has the final say whether or not they're going to um, inform this judge whether or not this individual is going to be a danger if, if the individual is released. I don't know how long this will take to wind through the courts, Greg, but I guess the best outcome for your clients would be the recall occurs. <laughs> Gascon's removed from office. <laughs> it, it, I'll tell you what, it won't be good for their lawsuit if it occurs, because I think that they'll probably uh, go back to their uh, original positions or maybe even better. Uh, it's not good for a lawsuit, but uh, it, it would be good for the city of Los Angeles and the county of Los Angeles. Wow, this is pretty shocking stuff. Uh, thank you for uh, coming on with us. Absolutely. Anytime, you guys. All right. Oh, by the way, before you go, yeah. anything new on the Garcetti story and the ambassadorship to India and your, your case against the city? Okay, and so uh, I just got tipped off by somebody. I'm told, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I was told by a good source that Garcetti is currently in Washington, D.C., lobbying for his position and that he was seen on the airplane with Rick Jacobs going to dc so oh, that doesn't seem wise <laughs> so we're trying to check that out to see if it's true now that's quite a story all right greg thanks for coming on <laughs> oh god we got to find out if that story's true uh, that's a that's... greg smith and, uh, <laughs> he represents uh, lapd officer matthew garza who, it almost course, sounds like a the... gag doesn't it <laughs>
<laughs> it was the connection to Rick Jacobs saying that Rick Jacobs uh, harassed him, sexually harassed him for quite a period of time. And that led to all of this to the point where Garcetti's appointment as ambassador to India would be in jeopardy because there are a number of other people who are claiming that Garcetti certainly knew of and maybe even witnessed these harassment events. And uh, that was uh, attorney Greg Smith, who represents Matthew Garza, just updating us with that story. He just heard that maybe uh, Garcetti's on his way to D.C. to lobby to stay in there as the ambassador nominee. And Rick Jacobs goes with him, though. That's really. Yeah, that's got to be a gag. Is he saying, well, is he going to say. <laughs> but in Garcetti's. Rick so is right here. He'll tell you that I, I don't know. Any, well, actually, yeah, Rick Jacobs it, is going to say I didn't harass anybody. Oh, is, is that. You think that's what he's doing? He's going to go to like the Senate offices with Jacobs and they're both going to uh, uh, lie to everybody's face. Yeah, they're going to say, right, ever happened? We, would we show up here in person to make our case if we weren't telling the truth? Yes. Uh, yes, of course that's a trick. <laughs> yeah, the answer is yes. But when you have no conscience, it's easy. It's not a big deal. We're both going to tell you in person that, first of all, he didn't harass. And if he did harass, I didn't see about it or hear about it. Right. It's Garcetti's story, right? God. That is really, really bizarre. But, but I can see a guy like him because he does think he can talk his way out of anything. So if I just keep going back to Washington and I knock on a few doors and, and I have a few meetings, and just I'll keep be talking. back on track. Just yeah. keep talking. And they'll, just, they'll, they'll get sick of me and say, fine, go to India. Just get out. <laughs> yeah, there's an alternative. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI. Making news this afternoon, it appears to have begun. A number of Netflix employees have taken to Twitter to complain about being laid off. As you know, the latest reporting results for the streaming giant were not good. Some people expected they have to make, would have to make some kind of moves, and uh, they're already venting. Uh, although the exact number is not immediately known, many of the employees were writers or editors working for Netflix's Tudum division, which was just launched in December. Not sure what they do there, but uh, no. one person said, well, I was just laid off from a significant contract originally intended through August. I'm looking for stable work and rent. I need rent, wrote one employee. Hmm. Uh, well, oh, looks a lot like of I have to do this tweet again. Is anybody hiring? Netflix just laid off my team. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, you know what? You know what? The the big bet Netflix uh, made. Uh, there's, I think, there's going to be a shakeout in a lot of this, uh, a lot of this uh, nonsense economy that's going on right. in entertainment and uh, places like Twitter and social media. Is they uh, have been borrowing and spending obscene amounts of money in order to grab as much market share as they can. Yeah, they were doing and, some really elaborate productions. And yeah, and those miniseries, as good as they are, they're extremely expensive. I mean, one of the big hits uh, in recent years, I never saw it. What's it called? Stranger Things? Yeah, Stranger Things. Right. I watched a few episodes. All right. Yeah. You know, some of those episodes were going for $15 million an episode. No, they weren't big stars in them, but you're right, still productive. Fifteen million dollars. Uh, expensive so, production. And what 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 they so they started this binge watching thing, right? Now, people really get into binge watching. But that binge is over maybe in two days. Yes. Well, now what are you going to watch? And if Netflix doesn't have another show that took a year to make eight episodes and tens of millions of dollars, <laughs> the, the viewers run out of stuff uh, you know, by Tuesday. And then they drop the streaming because as long as they keep paying, just because you don't watch Netflix every month, you're still paying. They don't right. care. So what, what a lot of people are doing is they're starting and stopping Netflix. They watch oh, the big hot series in January. And they stop the uh, They stop it for February. They hear something cool is coming on in March. Uh, they try it in March. Then they stop it again. 
And there, 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 there's a lot of that going on. And another thing is they can't put these series together quickly. So if stuff doesn't work out, it might be two years before they can pull a hit together. Right. And, and meantime, they're burning tons of money, right? They hired all kinds of big-name producers and ex expensive casts and this and that and trying to just out – because it was boom times, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden people – you don't put out enough hits or people just get tired of it, right? They come out of COVID. They've been watching television for two years. They want to go outside. And uh, you know people are going to get uh, people are going to get let go. And now I feel like an idiot because I clearly mispronounce this division at Netflix where people are reported being laid off. Mm. It's tadum because uh. it's supposed to sound like the Netflix logo noise when subscribers open the streaming site. Tadum, uh -huh. tadum. What did you call it? Too too dumb. I call them too dumb. Too yeah. dumb. Well, <laughs> tadum. <laughs> Uh, it was supposed to focus on news and stories related to the series' most popular shows and movies. So I guess since it just started in December, somebody said, well, maybe we can put that off. And that's you know. where they're laying off some people today. And they'll never admit this publicly, but people are choking on the wokeness. I mean, uh, I mean that, that, that Netflix is really chokes you on wokeness. Um, yeah, uh, I try not to pay attention, but I know you're correct. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's way too much. And they, they won't give up. And after a while, it just affects you. You know, you, you, you click something on, and it's like, oh, it's more of this. Oh, my God, it's another lesson. It's another lecture. It's like, <laughs> all right, you made your point. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Please shut up. No, I've, n I've never seen that before in real life. But okay, go ahead. Uh, the Daily Mail has just posted quite a winner. We don't have the audio yet, but it's, <laughs> it's an exclusive Remember that congressman? I think he's from North Carolina, Madison Cawthorn. Oh, my God. The guy in the wheelchair? He's completely out of his mind. Now, he's married, and I believe to a woman, but this story is apparently a video of him uh, with his male aide, a scheduler, who puts his hand on his crotch while he oh. says something about wanting somebody naked underneath me right now. That's Cawthorn speaking. Didn't okay. you see the... Uh... The photo of him in women's lingerie last week? Oh, I, I heard about it. I saw it. Yeah. But I thought that was just a college spoof thing. Well, no, I don't know. Wasn't it from a college <laughs> party or something? It looks like there's a lot going on here. Um, yeah. He yeah apparently, this scheduler, whose name is Stephen Smith, he's only 23. Cawthorn, by the way, is only 26. Accompanied Cawthorn on his honeymoon, which is also weird. <laughs> which was, I guess, a year ago. Uh, they, they came on the honeymoon with Cawthorn and his wife. Oh no no no, that's not a good sign. <laughs> it's not a good sign. No no no. When 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 a guy has his male friend accompany him on the honeymoon, it's his scheduler. He's an actual uh, uh, staffer. Well, what were they scheduling? Uh, there's also a claim. <laughs> this is coming from a group. Uh, uh, no, I guarantee you that's not that's not a good thing for the wife. No no. There's also an allegation that he has spent thousands of dollars in loans and gifts to this uh, scheduleless male schedule, Stephen Smith. This is coming from a group that's trying to oust Cawthorn. They're, they're going through the Office of Congressional Ethics with their complaint. And this is some of the evidence that they're providing. Yeah, well. Is that, um, I, yeah. I think he's a complete whack job, which is uh, why he was, he was yelling about uh, Ukraine, he called, uh, the, what did he call Zelensky corrupt, right? Yes, and he was also claiming to have witnessed uh, orgies Oh, that was drugs. another story, you're yes. right. But maybe, maybe Which it apparently was, he backed down from Well, he maybe was it was his, it's his own parties that he was witnessing. Oh, that could be true. Uh, 
I don't know. Yeah, you look you look at the panty thing and you look at the crotch photo and uh the actual name of the political action committee is Fire Madison Cawthorn. That's who's behind this latest info that the Daily Mail got hold of today. He married Christina Baradelli, age 27, in April of last year. Good luck to oh, her. Oh, never mind. December, they announced they're divorcing. <laughs> See? Eight-month marriage. It was the guy that came on the honeymoon. Yeah, that's not a, as you said, that's not a good she sign. Might, she might have opened the door and go, oh. Hey, honey, do you mind if my good friend and scheduler comes along on the trip? <laughs> what are you two doing? Uh, we're scheduling? Oh, uh, well. Yeah. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI. Uh, yeah, going back uh, a couple hours in the show, uh, a listener, John, says, uh, just spray your ring and your finger with Windex, and the ring will slip right off. Uh, yeah, Deborah got one of those. Uh... Yeah, I told him about it an hour ago, but uh, he hasn't found any Windex. Someone no. called the Moist Line as well about it, as well, too. <laughs> Probably the same person. <laughs> this is what gets the response. No, huh? it's actually a female. This it was, was a, female. a female. Yep, mine yeah. too. Oh, okay. Female right. email too, yes. Well, I tried Purell, and it moved some, but not enough. Windex. My, my, is the... my you know, bottom knuckle here just really got fat. That is one fat. Those are the only part of you that got fat. Hey. <laughs> oh, listen oh, to her cackle. Well, that was just what, so mean, what, what, Ken. What? Oh, <laughs> it's mean. That's how you react to mean, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Very nice. All right, let's play this story, uh, which is hard to believe. And apparently the coroner involved said that he couldn't sleep for nights on this case, uh, the most heinous crime he's ever seen. The story comes from Louisiana. And a little background first before we play the news reporter's story. There are a lot of people that have uh, moved back in with their parents, even in their 20s and 30s. This particular woman, who was 36 years old, apparently had some mental health problems. And when I say mental health problems, she literally not only wouldn't leave the house, she wouldn't leave the couch. Okay, you have the picture. This is from ABC2 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana reporter Chris Nakamoto. This neatly manicured house on a sprawling piece of property in East Feliciana Parish is a house of horror. The WBRZ investigative unit uncovered inside 36-year-old Lacey Fletcher was found so neglected she was melted into the leather sofa. Her feet to her buttocks covered in open sores exposed to the bone. Her legs melting the padding of the sofa in what was described as a latrine by sources. Her body from her hair to her toes covered in feces and insects. Ew. Robert Blade lives across the street and knew Lacey Fletcher. He had no idea she passed away nearly four months ago until we told him. I asked him one day a couple of years ago because I hadn't seen her. He said, yeah, she, she still stays here. Tonight, Fletcher's parents, Sheila and Clay, are facing possible murder charges for their daughter's death. Sheila is a former alderman for slaughter who stepped down after Lacey died. District Attorney Sam DeQuilla says he will be seeking justice for the woman. Sources estimate she wasn't dead for very long when her parents called authorities in January. Those showing up at the house calling her death the worst thing you can ever imagine. Oh, yeah, I've been in the house. Yeah. When was the last time you were in the house? Mm, 15 years ago. Because me and him at one time was on the planning and zoning committee at the town. Neighbors told the WBRZ investigative unit the last time they saw Lacey Fletcher was more than five or six years ago, but they always saw her parents. They go to church, you know, every, every weekend and 
I mean, do anything for anybody, you know? <laughs> yeah. Fletcher suffered from a severe case of Asperger's and had not been verbal for a while. I just knew she, she was, you know, different. She used to come out and, you know, walk, and, but I hadn't seen Lacey in five years. Tonight, her death raising questions about how her mom and dad could live their lives. Raising smiling questions. Smiling in numerous Facebook photos as their own daughter wasted away on a contaminated couch. District Attorney Sam DeQuilla says the East Feliciana Parish Coroner's Office worked very closely with him and the Sheriff's Office on this case. The coroner ruled Fletcher's death a homicide. On Monday, a grand jury in East Feliciana Parish will determine if charges are necessary regarding her death. She so, weighed 96 pounds when she died. Uh, uh, by the way, you could probably tell this is rural Louisiana. Oh, uh, yeah. About how okay. Folks are just like, oh, yeah. Uh, she went to church every week, you know. They'd do anything uh, for anybody. Well, apparently not for their daughter. This is this is uh, interesting So, they basically, she was autistic is what they say. And, and the, they were caretakers, but they just let her sit on the couch, and apparently she stopped eating. And then she melted into the couch, and she was using the couch as a bathroom. She, in case you missed all that. Yeah, well, that's what I was trying to figure out. I thought she died, and then they let her rot. No, no, but no. But it turns out she kind of rotted away first and then died. Died. Eventually, one day, she just uh, she either starved to death, or they're not sure exactly. Well, could be See, organs failed. She, uh, her she, chest and abdomen covered in human fecal matter. So she was just, just uh, laying in her own waste. She had pressure ulcers, also known as bed sores, on her backside that were bone deep. And possibly as a result of the fact that she'd worn a hole into the couch cushion in which she both sat and used to urinate and defecate. She would wow. not leave the couch. So like, so like all her bodily fluids just wore away at the... Uh, the leather. At the sofa, uh, at the sofa yeah. leather. They said it was a leather couch. Yeah. And it, yeah, it, it, she hadn't seen a therapist for social anxiety since she was in her 20s. Right. She had an extreme fear of leaving the sofa. They yes, tried to commit her, but she moving from the sofa. They they uh, they tried to have her committed, but she wouldn't cooperate. Is this? Do you right. think this is a murder case, or this is just weird? Well, it's 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 a stupid case, is what it is, because you know, I mean, this is an which, adult who should what, have to make their own decisions. They don't no, want to leave the couch. What are no, you going to do? But yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, if, if she's that extreme in her mental behavior, then yes, you can force them at, at the beginning into a 72-hour hold. Right. And, you know, and, and get diagnosed and give her medication. And I don't know if her parents were just too dim-witted to understand how to do that. I don't know what the laws are in Louisiana. But when you have somebody in that kind of physical condition, the police will come in and say, well, this is an emergency situation here. Maybe the parents felt that they were culpable in some way and they'd get arrested if they called the police. But that's what you would do. And if, if, it's, if it's as bad as being described, then they would have taken her to the hospital because it's, it's a medical emergency. And it's a mental health emergency. Yeah, the mother was a town alderman, and she used to work as a police and court clerk. And the father was an officer of some nonprofit. So it's not... I, they hired caretakers for her. I don't know what caretakers would mean when you're rotting well, away. But it, Caretaker doesn't mean anything. You just got another pair of eyes watching her rotting on the couch. All right, when we come back, oh, you got to hear this audio. The Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas was again being questioned by members of Congress. And this time he is asked about 42 illegal immigrants who were encountered at the border. What? They were on the terrorist and no-fly lists. What happened to them? 
we'll play you the result coming up. John and Ken, KFI, Deborah Mark is uh, live in the KFI newsroom. KFI AM 640. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. When it comes to a thriving career, everyone could use a little support, especially when it comes to transitions. At LHH, we help every step of the way. We're committed to personalized support, insights, and resources that lead to more job opportunities than ever before. No matter what role a professional has in your organization, our services offer an experience that fits each person individually. And for organizations, LHH provides consultant support and guidance through the entire outplacement or career transition process, understanding the sensitivity and impact on your team. The world is full of new possibilities, and we help both organizations and individuals realize the possibility of what's next. It's outplacement reimagined. Visit LHHtalent.com. That's LHHtalent.com to get in touch with an outplacement consultant today. Because everyone and every organization could use a little support, especially when it comes to transitions. LHH, helping you every step of the way. Visit LHHtalent.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.